sailinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. As we mentioned earlier, on the 19th of January, 2019, we had a visitation from the Lord stating, telling us to seal my people by my word as the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We'll be covering various podcasts in these broadcasts to cover and explain the present truth that God has given in the revelation of Jesus Christ for us today. Greater than Pentecost. For the last day sealing of the people of God, the servants of God, in their forehead. Now let's talk about the sealing. In Revelation 7, we see there that we are commanded in obedience to the Lord before four angels hurt the earth and the sea that we are to be sealed in our foreheads. Let's take a look at it. Revelation 7, verse 1, And after these things, I saw four angels standing upon the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Verse 2, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, they were sealed 144,000. We'll go into the order of the tribes later, but we're going to focus on what is the sealing. The sealing by the word through the Holy Ghost. For everything that the Holy Ghost speaks, he speaks of me, Jesus said, because all the Father has given is given unto me. Therefore, I said he would speak of me and show you things that will come to pass. These things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is Revelation 1 verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things that must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John, John Jehovah favored. This is the word, present truth of the preceding word of God to the body of Christ now. Not Pentecost, Acts 2.38, but this final sealing in Revelation 7, in their foreheads. Now, it's not a physical seal because it's not on the forehead. It's in the forehead. We see also that John tells us, speaking of the Son of Man, him hath God the Father sealed. But Jesus didn't walk around with some kind of mark on his forehead. But yet he was sealed. Sanctified. Save ye of him. Who God has sanctified and sent into the world. That's not the son of God. It's the word. He sent his word and healed him. Sanctify them through thy truth. How is, how is he sanctified? 
the word, the word sanctified. It's God's word. He cannot deny himself by these two immutable truths. Number one, that is impossible for God to lie. And number two, that he is faithful, faithful and true. By these two attributes that God swore by himself for in the book of Hebrews, he could swear by no greater. Therefore, he swore by himself. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is the king priest. Melek, king, Zadok, righteousness. Also, king priest. And when Paul was speaking to the church in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, he said, when it's same time for you to hear this word of Melchizedek, seeing it's hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing, they could not receive this truth about Melchizedek, the king priesthood. Jesus said that there is a time coming. If he's spoken of the rest given to the people of God, he would not have spoken of another day. Hebrews 4, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. Take heed, lest it promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. If Jesus had given the rest, he would not have spoken of another day. And Jesus did speak of another day, a progressive glorification. He told the disciples, there I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me, for all that the Father has given is given unto me. And therefore I say to speak of me and show you things that will come to pass. He will not speak of himself. He'll speak of me, Jesus said. And what he hears, he will declare unto you. What does the Holy Ghost hear? Well, he hears from the Father. What is that? That's the Word. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are exactly the self-same Spirit. Not a different Spirit. One and the self-same Spirit. So in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The Word. The Son of God is the Word that was made flesh had two criteria. Number one, it was the Spirit of God without measure. Number two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. The Son of God called Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, not Spirit Junior, not God Junior, but God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation. We believe in the name of the Son of God. Therefore, we're saved because we see not only his person, but the work, the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. The sealing is by the word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We are to sanctify ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body, that at the coming of the Lord, we may be presented blameless at his coming. That is both spirit, soul, and body, coming unto perfection, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, as we focus on the ceiling, the ceiling we're going to see is in the forehead. We will see in Revelation 4 that there are 
Zoe, living creatures. These are the lion man, calf, and eagle. The same that we see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. Somebody said, what does that have to do with the ceiling? Well, we see in Genesis 3 that after the fall, God spoke to the serpent saying, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. It's going to bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel, not the woman's heel, his heel. Speaking of a man-child, speaking of a woman bringing forth, a church bringing forth Jesus in them, Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a capital C. He set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. That's a capital C, which is the cherubim, Jesus. Capital C, because it is deity. God manifest in the flesh. Her seed, the seed of the woman, will be called, bruise his heel. When Satan crushed Satan's head upon that cross, it bruised Jesus' heel, the man-child's heel. But we find in the last days, the Son of Man is the kingdom office. It is that word that we will receive. We'll never become the word, but we'll become one with the word. We'll become one with Jesus. For as many as the letter of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we're sanctified through that word. If you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That word You'll be disciplined in the things of God. That is, Enoch means disciplined. And Enoch was not. Why? Because he had this testimony that he pleased God, that he should not taste of death. And God took him. That is the ceiling. We're going to find a ceiling there. In that ceiling in their foreheads, not on their foreheads, in their foreheads. It is the word, the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth. Somebody said, well, in Ephesians 4, it says we're sealed by the Holy Ghost, the spirit of promise, until the day of redemption. Of course we are. God has given us the truth and its entirety. The earnest of the spirit is the entirety of truth. It is all truth, not partial truth. The earnest of the Spirit is not just a down payment. It's the full payment upon the purchase possession. Which means that he has already paid for us to have all truth. We see that in 1 John 2.20. You have an auction from the Holy One. Well, who's that Holy One? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus in you. And you have no need that any man teach you. For you know all things. Not some things. Not partial truth. You know all things. And you know all truth. And no lies of the truth. All truth has been given to us. In our spirit. In that spirit man. And he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. As many as been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. 
The truth has been given to us. All truth. All the word of God in truth has been given to us in spirit. It is uh, the living word that's held in the spirit. When a person receives the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost knows all things and leads us and guides us into all the truth. But he that's joined the Lord is one spirit. Now it becomes a thing not of knowing it intellectually. We know him in the spirit. We don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore, but we know him after the spirit. That's Gnosko. But in the last days, it'll be the knowledge of the Son of God. Epigonosco. Coming to the image of Jesus Christ and to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ and to the perfect image of Jesus. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Though that those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he called, justified. Them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. To get there, we have to have the sealing of God in our foreheads. Not on, but in. Well, how you seal? How do you reach that point to be an overcomer? It's through the word of God. For the word of God is strong in you. You've overcome the wicked one. We find that in 1 John 2, verse 13 and 14. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. You'll see that he said, I write unto you, young man, and I have written unto you, young man, because the word is proceeding. It's a proceeding word of God, and man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The body of Christ is not at the Pentecostal, not the Pentecostal season anymore. We are in the third day, in the sealing of tabernacles. You see in Hosea 6 verse 1, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, which day we're in now, the third day, the third thousand years since the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That death, burial, and resurrection in the third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter. Now we have the former rain in Acts, the second chapter. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel, former rain. But He is going to cause to come down the last great rain of his strength. As we see in Zechariah 10, 1. Ask of you rain in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will make bright clouds send forth showers to every one grass in the field. The grass in the field is the latter growth after the king's mowings. It is this time that we're talking about now. In the last days, what shall befall the people of God? In Revelation 7, we are to be sealed by that angel ascending out of the east, having the seal of the living God. That's the word of God coming from the east. The east, eastward in the word of God is RMD, a gematria of R100M40, 
D4, or the work of the Holy Ghost. Not any individual's work, but the work of the Holy Ghost, leading us and guiding us into all truth. 144,000 is RMD, thousand. Thousand is perfected glory. We find that in Song 8, in the Canticles of Solomon. He said, Solomon, you must have a thousand. And the keepers, keepers of the vineyard, 200. Thousand perfected glory. The keepers of the vineyard, the apostle, 200. Prophet, 200. Evangelist, 200. Pastor, 200. And teacher, 200. Making 1,000. So he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry, we must have this sealing. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come to the unity of the faith. Speaking the same things. Not various and different denominations. Following different catechisms and chisms of the word of God. Unto the knowledge of the son of God. That is not gnosko. It's epigonosko. It's a higher knowledge. Not just knowing Jesus after the spirit. And not after the flesh but coming to the measure of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man into the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ growing up into him in all things. The all things are the things of faith. And that is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, because the man child of Revelation 12 keep the commandments of God. Those that keep God's commandments love God by keeping his commandments. But they have something else. They keep his commandments because they love him. And they have the testimony of Jesus. That testimony of Jesus is the spirit, small s, of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. That is the perfect man spoken of by Paul to the church at Ephesus 4.12. That is the body of Christ, Jesus the head, and we the body of the Christ. Being young men, overcomers, overcoming the wicked one. Why, how? By the word of God being strong in you. First John 2, 13 and 14. How did you get the word of God strong in you? Well, though all truth is given to us and the Holy Ghost is given to us, he has all truth. He is all truth. He is the spirit of truth. We have the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we have all truth. But now, to receive that truth, it becomes in the soul realm, in the mind, will, emotions, imagination, and the intellect of man. And how do we receive it? Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, not your spirit, renewing of your mind. The Holy Ghost knows all things. And if you have the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, then you have all truth. But to receive that truth, you have to have the mind transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is a good, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you is. For work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his own good pleasure. Not our will, 
but his will being done. Very important because we see in Matthew 7, in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven, what it takes to make the kingdom of heaven. We find in Matthew 7 that Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, then they profess unto the Lord, Lord, we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We have prophesied in your name. Then the Lord will profess unto them. Notice they called him Lord, Lord. No man can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. No man can call Jesus Lord, except by the Holy Ghost. These were born again believers. But they missed the second sealing. They missed that, that sealing of young men. Why? Because they did not do the will of Jesus Christ. They did not get the word. They did not prove the will of God in their life. They did not do it. Therefore, Jesus said, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you. Not that I knew you at one time, but then you failed, but I never knew you. You see, with Jesus, it's all or nothing. You gather a scatter, for against. Take heed how you hear. The same measure you meet with all shall be measured to you again. To him that hath shall be given, and he'll have the more. But him that hath not any truth in that scripture, and you do not receive it at that crossroads, can cost us of not being able to enter into his rest, the eternal sabbatico, the internal rest of God that remaineth at rest to the people of God. Hebrews 4. So it's imperative, essential, that we, the body of Christ, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. What is that mind? The mind of Christ. Where did you get it? The sealing in your forehead. That has to be in the present truth of the word. Because these exceedingly great and precious promises are given to each of us in the body of Christ. That we might escape the corruption of the world through lust. That we may, might be made partakers of his divine nature. Not ours but his divine nature. That is growing up into him in all things, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, doing the will of God. So therefore, Jesus said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, Matthew 7. What is iniquity? Iniquity is lawlessness. Though I have the spirit of God, yet I don't obey it. I don't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Holy Ghost is to lead us and guide us into all truth. He is the Spirit of truth. He has all truth. He is all truth. And he will reveal all truth to the body of Christ. How do we receive it? By receiving the Word. Speaking of the Son of God, on his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. By receiving Jesus Christ, the word of God, eating his flesh, drinking his blood, not only eating his flesh and, and eating that word of God that, and drinking his blood in the New Testament given for you. It's not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. In obedience, in Romans 6, we find that whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him are the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience 
unto righteousness, and which yields unto holiness. Follow peace with all men, and without holiness, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That holiness is his divine nature. The only way we get there is through the word of God being revealed by the Holy Ghost, not some denomination, not some prophet or apostle or any man for that matter. It's only through the Spirit. Now, yes, God uses the offices, but they speak not their own word, but as you seek a truth of Christ speaking through them. That is, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So those that have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It is time for the sealing of God's servants in their foreheads. Now, what is that sealing? What is that? Now, we can go to Ezekiel 9. And in Ezekiel 9, we're going to see that Ezekiel, God will strengthen. It's the same as the pillars in the temple, the two legs, one, Yaqing, and Boaz. Ezekiel, strengthen of God, or in it is strength. Boaz is strength, strengthen of God. It is the same thing, Ezekiel and Boaz. One of the legs of the Solomon's temple is the same as Ezekiel. And we find in Ezekiel 9 that there are six men with a destroying weapon in their hand. These these, uh, men that have this destroying weapon in their hand are to go through and destroy. But there's going to be a mark. There's going to be a seal. There's going to be a mark of protection. There's going to be a sealing of protection. Take a look at Ezekiel 9, and we will see there, he cried also in my ears with a loud voice, saying, Cause them that have charge over the city, the city of God, the new Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all, the church and assembly of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, to draw near even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate. That's the north gate. From which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. Now that weapon, there's no other weapon except the word of God. That is our rhema. That is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We take the breastplate of righteousness. Loins girt about with truth. That truth there, and then the whole arm of God is Logos, the Word of God. The feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, and above all, taking the shield of faith, whereby we may quench all the fiery darts of Satan. And the sword of the Spirit. There's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Rhema. Not Logos, but you being one with the Word. You're not the Word, but the Word you're wielding, uh, that sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that's your only offensive weapon. Lift up, spare not, show my people their sin. That is the Rhema. It's Word, the Spirit, which is the sword of the Spirit, is Rhema. We find that these men have a destroying weapon in their hand, But before they go through, 
he says unto them, there, there is a man a, with a rider's inkhorn by his side, paraclete, by the side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar, the altar of burnt offering, the brazen altar, the brass altar. Watch here, we find that there's about to be a sealing before the four winds destroy the earth, the winds of the earth, destroy the land and the sea and any green tree, any tree, the trees of the field, that there will be a sealing, a sealing of the servants of God in their forehead. We're finding the same thing in Ezekiel. In verse 3, And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub. The cherubim are the lion man, ox and eagle. But we see in Revelation 4, the lion man. Then we see a, a lion man and calf and eagle. Somebody said, why a calf rather than an ox? Because it hasn't grown yet. Lion man, calf and eagle. Lion man, ox and eagle. That we see in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10. These are the Zoe, the living creatures. Jesus is the capital C cherubim that we read about in Genesis 3. He said cherubim at the east end of God, capital C, with that to keep the way, not to keep man out, but to keep the way of the tree of life. He said cherubim at the east end of the garden of God to keep the way of the tree of life. Capital C is Jesus. He is our Savior. He is the way. He is to keep that way. We find he is that line of the tribe of Judah in Matthew. He's a perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is the suffering servant, the ox in the gospel according to Luke, the beloved physician. And he is the flying eagle in John. Lion, man, ox, and eagle, that is Jesus, the cherubim. They're keeping the way to the tree of life in Genesis 3. But now we see in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, that these living creatures, the appearance of a man coming out of the midst of the fire, these are the ones that's been through the fire and have been counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which they suffer. These are the ones that will be sealed in their foreheads, having the mind of Christ. They have the appearance of a man, one like the Son of Man appeared in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. The seven golden candlesticks makes a wheel, a perfect perfect circle. Ephesus, Myrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, uh, Sardius, Philadelphia, Laodicea makes a perfect circle. But in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, the kingdom office, and it makes a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And it was cried to the wheels in my hearing, O wheel, only one wheel. We become one with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a work of a barrel stone. On the barrel was written in the breastplate of judgment, Exodus 28, on the barrel stone, that of a Dan, barrel, judge, well, judgment will be given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man. It speaks that judgment will be given to the saints of the Most High God. There is that barrel stone. There's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. 
there is by the word of God, becoming one with Jesus, you become one with him. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now the glory, the God of Israel went up from the cherub, went up from the cherubim of glory. These are the ones that will be counted worthy of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. It is a work of the ministry. Not everyone in the church will be there. Only the ones that are counted worthy. Only the ones that have endured persecution and tribulation for his name's sake, which was a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that they are, that they would be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which they suffered. So you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Paul put it this way, trouble on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest through us, our mortal bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death. Why? There's a cross effect in the life of each believer that the life of our Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies and our light affliction, which is only but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's the only way we're going to be glorified. If we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. First Peter 4, 1 says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. These that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust, reckon themselves dead unto sin, but alive unto the Lord. We find here the glory of God of Israel went up from above the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. He called to the man, clothed with linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his side. There were six men with a destroying weapon in their hand. And then there was a seventh one. He had the writer's inkhorn. There's your ceiling. Why is it right? It's a, it's a graphy, which will lead the logos written, written upon their heart. That writer's inkhorn by his side. He's going to go through and set a mark, a sign, an O-W-T, a mark upon those. Who are those? Who are those ones that are going to be protected, that are going to be sealed? The sealing in their forehead. We're going to see it's in the forehead. Well, let's take a look. That man, that man was clothed with the linen, and he had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord cried unto him, Go through the midst of the city. Judgment first begins at the house of God. This is held up in store among God's treasures to be revealed in the last days. Deuteronomy 32, for the Lord will judge his people. His people? I thought it was the wicked. Ezekiel 21 says this will be upon the head of the righteous as well as the wicked. The good news is that the wicked will fall and the righteous will stand through this time of judgment. 
you see the Lord said, go through. Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, the mother of us all, and set a mark. Now that mark, when you look up mark, we're going to see that that is the literal last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory, the Tav. It starts off with, in Psalm 119, the Hebrew ABC theory, the Aloph Bob. And that starts with the Aloph, the first letter. That is that Jesus is God. You must believe that he is God and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, uh, saith the Lord, the Almighty. Revelation 1.8. That's the Aloph. He's God. Then Beth, you go to the house of God. Each one of those letters, he is the Aloph to the Tom, the A to the Z, the Alpha to the Omega. That's Jesus. This is his attributes. This is his divine nature. And we must be partaker of each one of those. But going through every attribute of God, we finally come to the last letter. The Tav. It's written as a cross. It's written the first sign of salvation and protection was the cross. We can go back to the mark of Cain which we will in a minute, to show that that was the mark given upon Cain and that no one finding him, lest he should be killed. And God set a mark upon Cain. That mark is an oath, an O-W-T, a sign, a mark that God placed upon Cain. For vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. No one has that right in judgment except the Son of Man, God himself, and that is his mark through the cross. We see here in Ezekiel 9, he set a mark upon them. When you look at mark, it is a tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. In other words, it's not the ABCD, it's the Z, all the way to the end, and that is salvation. He set a mark upon the foreheads, of the men that sigh, sigh, that are sorrowful, crying out to God. We see that those are the only ones he's going to mark. They have a burden. They go outside the camp, bearing the reproach. They carry the cross, their cross, not Jesus' cross. Only Jesus could carry his cross. But Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. Don't do your own will. Pick up your cross, not my cross, your cross, and follow me. What's that cross for? To find the will of God and do it, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, having the mind transformed that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is, Realizing it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. We must do his will. These receive a mark upon the foreheads, those that are sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst of Jerusalem, in the midst of the city, in the midst of the church. Lift up, spare not, show my people their sins. Cry out aloud. Those are the only ones that will be sealed 
or will receive the mark here in Ezekiel 9 on their foreheads, which is a tav, which is the same mark we're going to receive in Revelation 7, verse 2. Set a seal upon there, the servants of God sealed in, not on, but in their foreheads. It's the mind of Christ. Well, what happened? In Ezekiel 9, all the ones that did not have that mark upon their foreheads were destroyed. The thing that we're going to see in the Matthew, in Matthew 7, they, they were workers of iniquity, even though they called Jesus Lord, Lord. Yet, because they did not do the will of God, they didn't realize it was more to salvation than just being born again, but it required obedience. For whosoever you yield your members of service to obey, him of the service to whom you obey, whether of sin and the death, still die, are of obedience unto righteousness. And that grace reigns through righteousness, through the leading of the Holy Ghost, through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 5 said that sin reigneth by death, but grace reigns. Not just grace and it's freely and there's nothing else. It reigns through something. Through what? Through righteousness. It requires obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. So we must obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. We must be crying out and sighing for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem. The mother of us all. The church. The mother of us all. We find here that to the others... He has said in my hearing to the other six, Go ye after him, after the man with the rider's inkhorn by his side, that he's going to write this mark upon the foreheads. Go after him with a drawing weapon. Go through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have you pity. This is judgment. Judgment without mercy. Slay utterly, old and young, both maids and little children, and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Who has that tab? The same will happen in Revelation 7. To those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches in the present day sealing in their foreheads. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Judgment begins at the house of God and the righteous scarcely be saved. Where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? Judgment first begin, must first begin at the house of God, the church, the body of Christ. And begin at the sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house and he said unto them, Defile the house. How? By the slain of the Lord shall be many. And fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. And it came to pass while they were slaying them, as I was left, Ezekiel said, that I fell up upon my face and cried and said, O oh Lord God, Will you destroy all the residue, the remnant of Israel, in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? 
We find in Amos 9, verse 9, there's a sifting going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. We are that grain. We are that wheat and barley harvest. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. Amos 9, verse 10, but I will destroy by the sword my people. I will destroy my people, God's own people, because they haven't obeyed. They haven't obeyed the leading of the Holy Ghost. I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. The evil, tribulation, persecution, knowing that tribulation and persecution is going to rise for the word's sake, the gospel's sake, for Jesus' name. You're going to be hated of all nations, and some shall be put to death. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Who will hear for the time to come? It is time for the sealing for those that will believe the word of God will be sealed in their forehead. That's the reason it's a writer's inkhorn by his side. That writer's is the graphy to bring forth a logos, the word of God upon their forehead. But now in Revelation 7, it's in their forehead. In their forehead, the servants of God. Well, somebody said, well, there's a mark of the beast, too, in Revelation 13. Somebody said, well, they're going to pop a mark up upon their forehead or in their hand. They're going to put a chip in that hand. Friend, it's not a chip. <laughs> oh, well, those that get the inoculation are going to receive a chip. Friend of mine, we're talking, would to God that was all it was. But it's a spiritual mark, friend. It's a tov that is going to be put upon and sealed upon the servants of God in their forehead. Not on it, in it. When we see the mark of the beast, look at Revelation 13. And we find that this devil, this beast, read Revelation 13, verse 13. Well, verse 12. He exercises all the power of the first beast because the beast was made an image to the first beast that had the daily wound and was healed. That beast that was made and that image was given life. And they said, who, who's ever to make war against the beast? Who's able to stand against him? Notice that this beast is going to have a number, a number of his name. It is the mark of it. And those that receive the mark or the number of his name will taste of the wine of the wrath of Almighty God. We don't want to taste of the wine of the wine press. Be trodden without that city. Those that have taken the mark of the beast. And somebody said, well, we certainly won't do it. We're not going to take a chip in our forehead or in our hand. Of course not. This is not a natural mark. It's a spiritual mark. Just like whenever you see Jesus, him hath God the Father sealed. There wasn't a mark in his forehead that you could see a visible mark, some kind of something written on him, some letter written on him. It was the divine nature of God, the Eloftal. He is that living word. Jesus is that word that was made flesh. And he is the word now glorified on his vesture dipped in blood, him that's faithful and true. On his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the word of God.
He's been made both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. He is all power in heaven and earth given unto him. That did not leave the Father powerless, Matthew 28.18. He is a blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see, 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. But those that do not receive him, the ones that do not receive the mark in their forehead, the seal in their forehead, the sign in their forehead, the sign is the seal. The seal is a sign in their forehead. Will suffer, will suffer, and will not be able to stand against the trumpet judgments of God. We see here in Revelation 13 that there is another mark of the beast, but you have to have wisdom. It's not some uh, mark of a chip be put in your forehead or, uh, or on your, uh, in your right hand. Notice it's the seal of God is in the forehead of the servants. Seal the servants of God in their foreheads. Revelation 7-2. But the mark of the beast is not in the forehead only, but in the right hand. In that right hand. That right hand, the hand of God. That latter sign of Moses was you put the hand in your bosom and pull it out. Moses, a latter sign, it will be leprous. But put it again, put it in again in your bosom and pull it out, and it will be healed. That is the latter sign. If they don't believe the former signs, they'll believe the latter signs. Moses did not have to use that sign of his hand in his bosom. It will be revealed in the last day in the Song of Moses. That hand of God, he the head, we the body, and the hand being the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Though the ministry is asleep, drunk with wine, and the new wine is cut off from the body of Christ, that we awake and uh, uh, again awaken to righteousness. And that is the final, the shaking of God, that all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are man-made, so then that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. What are those things? The things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things. What is that? The word of God. So it is essential, imperative, that we understand the sealing is by the word of God through the spirit leading us and guiding us into all truth. Thy word is truth. It is the receiving of the word of God that we will be sealed. They won't stick some, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jesus' name uh, plastered in your forehead. It is the revelation of the word of God that you will be sealed through the leading of the Holy Ghost, leading and guiding you into all truth. But those that don't receive it, there's a mark of the beast. You're either in God or not, for or against, gather or scatter. You're either in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. One of the two. Kingdom against kingdom. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. What is the mark of the beast? We'll see here that he causes this beast. There he causes all there to worship the first beast 
whose deadly wound was healed. A false Messiah. A false Jesus. Coming in the name of Jesus, but denying the power thereof. Many will come in my name and shall deceive many. Jesus said, and he doeth great wonders. Somebody said, well, they, I saw I saw signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Yes, lying wonders saying, let us go after other gods. If you've split the Spirit of God and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, you have taken the mark of the beast. That is the mark. You do not have the sealing of God in your forehead. Neither do you know the work of the ministry, which is essential to have the sealing of God in your forehead, Revelation 7, 2. This beast will do great wonders. So he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. How did he deceive them? By those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. What's that beast? You have a dragon, beast, and false prophet. Revelation 16, 13. The dragon is the father. Well, it's not the father, Jesus, the father of glory. It's a dragon. It's a false father. The beast is a son. It's a false son. It distinctly distinctively has separate spirits, three unclean spirits. God is one. You believe in one God, you do well. But if you believe in God, the father, another spirit, God, the son, Spirit Junior, and then another spirit, the Holy Ghost, three distinct and separate spirits, yet somehow or another, they're in a hypostatic union as one. You have been deceived. Let's take a look at the mark of the beast. He has power to do miracles in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a deadly sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, it's an oracle, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, that's every person on the face of the earth, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their forehead. In their foreheads, you see, the, the servants of God only have the seal of God in their foreheads. Nothing about the hands, because the hand is a ministry hand, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Those are the ones that are keepers of God's vineyard. Song 8, Canticles 8, Song of Solomon, the 8th chapter. So, Solomon had the vineyard and Baal Haman. Solomon, you must bring forth a thousand, perfected glory. Come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus unto a perfect man. All the keepers of the vineyard, 200. Not just one person, one, uh, uh, one mouse and under a tree. There, one, one apostle, one prophet. No, but the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Each of them only having 200 which all of them working together in the hand of God will perfect the body of Christ unto the perfecting of the saints. Those, that hand, it has polluted that hand. That mark is not only 
in the foreheads of those that have the mark of the beast. It's in the hands. It's proclamated. It's preached a false gospel in the name of Jesus. But it does not speak the truth. It will not be sealed with the truth of the word. It can only be done, the truth of the word, through the RMD, work of the spirit, 144 perfection, thousand, RMD thousand, 144,000. That is only by the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is holy. People that attack the body of Christ, those that say no, where it's once saved, always saved, the ones that are listening to the denominational preaching as an oracle, that there are three spirits somehow or another in a mystery of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There's three spirits in that trinity will receive the mark of the beast. What is the mystery of God and the Father and the Christ? Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, says he through the full acknowledgement of this mystery of God and of the Father and Christ. Not three, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let no man deceive you by any means. What is that deception? As that the truth is in Christ, as you have received Christ. Colossians 2, 9, for in him, in that one man, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything God is, was, or ever will be manifest in the body of flesh. That is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached on the world. Preached to the Gentiles. Received. Preached on the world. Received up into glory. God manifest in the flesh. Who is that? That's Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the only true God and eternal life. He is the Father of glory. John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, Jesus said, the Father, you shall die in your sins. This I understood not. He spake of them to them of the Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it suffices us. Jesus said, I've been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe me that I'm in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. What works? Jesus did not do it by the works of the flesh. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils on blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, the lame walked, the captive went free. How? By the works of the Father, showing that he is. The father of glory. He said, if I, with the finger of God, his finger is the finger of God, cast out devils. Know ye the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. Blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. The words that I speak are not mine. The father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me, never to leave again. He's the one doing the works. Jesus said, I can do nothing of mine own self. He is the Father of glory. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But the, the Antichrist, the beast, this beast here, which is a false son of God, the dragon's a false father, separate spirit, a false beast, false son, and then the false prophet, a false Holy Ghost. Dividing the Spirit of God is a dragon 
beast, and false prophet. Somebody said, how dare you? The Trinity Doctrine came into being in 325 A.D. Never was the truth, never will be the truth. And it's set up. John said in 1 John 4, Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they have God, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are entered into the world. That was in John's day. Who wrote the gospel according to John, three epistles, and the book of the Revelation. How do you know the truth? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. It's a present imperfect tense, is come. Not has come, not past tense, is come. Present imperfect tense, never used in the past tense, always in the present tense in the imperfect state. Is come means it is, it still is, it is still in process, and it's imperfect. It's still happening today. Jesus Christ is still coming in the flesh. That is a present imperfect tense. Any spirit that confesses that is of God. Any spirit that confesses not that is not of God and is that spirit of Antichrist. What is the mark of that Antichrist? What's the mark of that beast? What's the mark of that false son of God? That false beast with that image to the beast. Not an image of the father, but an image of the beast, an image of the son. If you say that the son of God came into the earth as the son of God and an image of the son, son of God manifest in the flesh, there is a beast there that has an image to the beast. Jesus is the express image of his singular person. He is the express image of that invisible spirit. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the Father revealed. Anyone that does not confess that has this mark of the beast. But it will come to fruition. You see, God will let the son of perdition, the man of sin, be revealed in the earth. And he will deceive many by signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Second Thessalonians 2. This mark is a spiritual mark. It's what you believe. It's what you have received in your heart. And that will be in your forehead and in your right hand denying the truth. What is that mark? He had power and he causeth all, both small, great, rich, and poor, free, and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand are in their forehead. It comes against the hand of God. The apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It comes against uh, that forehead they have is, is adamant against. It is, will not speak or receive uh, the sealing of God in their foreheads. They have, res- they have elected to receive a false Christ. What is that mark? And it says, and no man might buy or sell, saving he that had a mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Well, it's a number of his name. There's a number there. It is the mark of the beast. It's a number of his name. It is a number of a man. They're called Jesus, uh, that second person of the Godhead, but who will not give him the glory of the Father. What is that? Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding Count, reckon up, count the number of the beast. For it's the number of a man, the number of his name, the number of his name. 
What is that number? For as the number of man and his number is 600, three score and six, not 666, 600, key, 600. Solomon had 600 uh, uh, chariots. There were the 600 being Christ. 600 is the number of Christ doing your battle. It's a number of battle. Christ. You see, the battle's not ours. It is the Lord's. Christ. Key. Christ. Stigma is a number of man. Six. Stigma. Key stigma is Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. First John 4, verse 1 through 3. Key stigma. But that number of the beast is not key stigma. 60 is the number of rebellion. Three score. 60 is the number of rebellion. It's written in Greek as a snake. It's written as a curl called snake curled ready to strike. Christ, that is key, 600. 60, three score. That is rebellion against the snake. Six, stigma. Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. That's the number of his name. They will not say and will not confess Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That's the number of his name. That is the mark of the beast. Key Z stigma. Six hundred three score and six. Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. What is the Jesus Christ? The Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God Himself. They will say no. That Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. When we see in Galatians four, six, God has set forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba Father. Why? Because the spirit of the Father is the spirit of the Son. There is no second spirit, God Jr., Spirit Jr., Jehovah Jr. We'll see also in the mark of Cain, when you go back to Genesis, we find that this man-child, the false Messiah, was the first one was Cain. And that not keeping the seventh day and holy for, before God. Whenever he makes an offering, it will not be a blood offering. He was a tiller of the ground. And Abel was a shepherd of the sheep, a keeper of sheep. We find that Abel offered the sheep, the firsting of his flock, along with the, uh, the fat of it, the fat choice part of that sheep. It was a blood sacrifice. But we find that Cain didn't. Cain bought the first of that and no blood, no sacrifice and thought that that should be good enough. I've given you the work of my labor, the work of my hands, the till of the soul. Notice that God says, the Lord said unto Cain, why are you wroth? Because God had respect to Abel's offering and not to Cain's. You didn't offer the life. You didn't offer the life. You offered a, something outside the body, something outside, no blood. And because you did, God had respect to the offering of Abel. It was a blood offering. It was of the sheep and of the fat of it. But Cain, here is the first thing of the fruits of the ground. God had respect in Abel's offering. 
because that Cain was mad. He was wroth. He was mad. And God said unto Cain, Why are thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? If you do well, notice the works there. If you do well, if you present your body a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, if you do the will of God, you'll be accepted. But if you do not, sin lies at the door. What door? The door of your heart. And unto thee shall be his desire. He'll rule over the whole known world. He calls it all both great uh, and small, rich and poor, old and young, all to receive a mark in their foreheads or in their right hand. And thou shalt rule over him. That is rule over the earth. The prince of the power of this air is a ruler of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Here is your first antichrist trying to usurp the authority of Christ. Somebody said, how can you, how can you get that? Let's take a look. Then he slays Abel. He said to Abel, his brother, came to pass while they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and slew him. Now we know that the blood of Abel's, their cries unto God, because God said, your brother's blood cries unto me out of the ground, out of the earth. We find that Jesus' blood speaks, it speaks better things than that of Abel, because Jesus, Abel's blood spoke vengeance. It spoke judgment, because it was murdered. But Jesus gave his life freely on the cross. His blood did not speak vengeance or judgment. It spoke love. Jesus said, I freely laid down my life. No man taketh it from me. I have power to lay it down, power to receive it again. This I have received of my Father. Well, Jesus said, destroy this temple, and, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, 43 years were we in building this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Jesus said, destroy my body. In three days, I will raise it up because I am God. I am the Father of glory. And I will declare that I am the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. I will raise up my own body. Then you'll know that I am the Father, the Father in me. There we find Cain. Watch what Cain does. He said, am I my brother's keeper? What hath thou done? God said, the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now you're cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Watch that hand. It lifts up and fights against the body of Christ, the true one God, Jesus only believers. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not bring forth unto you. It will not bring her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And the land of Nod will be there a fugitive land, a vagabond in the land of Nod. There, Nod means vagrancy. You're a vagrant. A vagabond. 
Behold, thou hast driven. Here's what Cain said. My punishment is greater than I could stand. Behold, thou hast driven me out of this day, for this day, from the face of the earth and from thy face. Now, what's that face? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of gotten out of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. But this Cain said, no, I will destroy my brother. I will destroy, and because of that, he will be destroyed from God's own face, from the glory revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. The Lord said to him, now watch this. Therefore, whosoever shall... Slay Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Why? Because vengeance is mine, saith God, I will repay. I'm the one that renders vengeance. I am the one that judges this earth and the hearts of men. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. Now that mark, when you look it up, is an O-W-T. It means a sign. It is a mark upon Cain. It's a sign. It's a token. It's a signal. It is a signature. That A mark. Many will say, well, it was this, or he darkened the face, or there was a horn put upon him, many different things, or the tetragrammaton, the yod ha waha, being Yahweh. No, he didn't have that sign. could never wear that sign. But it was a tav. The tav, that last letter of the Hebrew abecedary, is the cross. It's the first sign of protection given. The cross, top is protection. And it gave Cain protection, lest any that slay him would be avenged sevenfold. Lest any finding him and slaying him would be avenged sevenfold. But in that lineage of Cain and the Cainites, we're going to see that mark that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, fragrancy, on the east of Eden. He's not in Eden, Eden anymore. He's not in, which was a, a literal type and pattern of the tabernacle. He's out of the body of Christ now, out of the outer court, holy place, and most holy place, which was exactly the way the Garden of Eden was set up. He went in the land of Nod, knew his wife. She conceived and bare Enoch. Enoch, well, Enoch, there was the first man, Enoch. Enoch means uh, to be uh, in a disciplined, to be trained up in the way of God. Enoch, his letter name means to be obedient, trained up in the things of God. But Cain, named his son Enoch. There's always a forerunner that is false before the true. Before Jesus came, there was false messiahs that people followed after, and it came to naught. As we read in the book of Acts, we find here that there is a false Enoch here. It's an Enoch. It's called Enoch, and he built the city after the name of his son Enoch. He didn't build a city after the name of God, Jerusalem, foundation of peace, when Abraham offered his son Isaac in a type, he was received. 
for God will provide himself a sacrifice. God himself will provide himself a sacrifice. And whenever they caught the ram in the thicket of his horns and offered that ram, that he came down and at that place, at that place, there he offered an altar, built an offered altar, and he called the place Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Irah, Irah Shalom, Jerusalem. That is exactly the place where Jerusalem was built, where Abraham offered his son Isaac in a type. He was, he was received. Nimrod built that city later on and called it Babel, Babylon. There he built him a city. Let us build us a name and call the name of the place Babel, lest we should be scattered upon the earth. We're not going to suffer for the name of Jesus. We're not going to lift up that cross, that tab of Jesus. We're not, being gonna, we're not going to be called by that name, Jesus. We're going to build us a city. Enoch did not build a city after him. That's after the son of Methuselah. He did not. The seventh from Adam, Methuselah's son. Because Enoch pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. He was trained up in the things of God. And he was not for God took him. But not this Enoch, this city. He built him a city. There Cain tried to build his city, his name, after his son. But it was not received or accepted as calling upon the name of God again. We see Lamech, that Lamech is now born. We see in verse 18 of chapter 4 of Genesis, And to Enoch was born Ired. Now Ired beget Mahaliel, and uh, Mehu Jael beget uh, Methusael, and Methusael beget Lamech. Now, Lamech took unto him two wives. We want to focus on Lamech, which is out of the loins of Cain, Canaanites. He took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, the name of the other, Zilla. We see Ada, uh, there means ornament. Zilla is. Uh, uh, Strife, or to shade, to hide, to shade. And we find there that he takes these two and ate a barrel, Jabel. He was a father of all such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. And to his, and his brother's name was Jubal. That was his father and all such as handled the harp and the organ. Just because they have a cornet, sapphire, consulting harp, lyre, and dulcimer, six instruments, there in Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15. There's no sound of a trumpet. We find that there is a harp and an organ. But it's not the sound of a trumpet. The trumpet, if it gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for the battle? So this is a false leading. And we find Lamech and his sons. We find Lamech says to his wives, look at verse 23, and Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, not the voice of the Lord, my voice. You wives of Lamech, 
There should be only one woman, the church, but now there's two wives. Hearken unto my speech. My speech, we're supposed, we're supposed to hearken to the voice of the Lord. For the time is coming and now is when those hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. But this is the voice of Lamech. Voice of Lamech before the flood. Pre-antediluvian. And we find I have slain a man to my wounding. Wounding. What man? And a young man to my hurt. There's a man child. A young man. What young man? We know what young men are. They're the ones that have the ceiling over there. In 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you. Young men. And you've overcome the wicked one. But not here. This is a Revelation 12 man-child that this Lamech has slain. That man, the inner man, though the outward man perish, that inward man is renewed day by day. Somebody said, you're reaching out a limb. No, we're not. That is a tithe. He protects him there, but judgment is his. And we see he slayed that man and a young man to his hurt. And a man to his wounding. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, because he slayed that brother Abel, whose righteous blood crieth out to God, and God laid a tab upon him, the cross for protection. Truly Lamech, seventy and sevenfold. Seventy times seven. Because the blood of a man and a young man. We have a first man of sin right here. An antichrist coming against Jesus, the true Messiah, the true leading of God in the Holy Ghost unto perfection. That mark was a tab on Cain, the mark of Cain, the Kenites, and we find that has always been a warring against the body of Christ, even before the flood. Then we find Nimrod, who built Cala, and Nimrod built Babel. And he said, let us build us a built a great pyramid going up, lest we build, let us build us a city, lest we be scattered upon the earth. Let us build us a name, us a city, not the city of God, not building up the name of Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Let us build us a name. Let us use the name of Jesus to build us a kingdom. Let us build us a city of Enoch. But Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen. We have Enoch. And Enoch, uh, there was the seventh from Adam. He had this testimony that he believed and pleased God, and God took him. He should not taste of death, for God took him. Noah, the tenth from Adam. The tenth from Adam, why? Because he was perfecting his own generation, and he was a man that feared God, built an ark to the saving of his soul. In the long surfings in the days of Noah, where God, there Noah, built an ark to the saving souls, whereby eight souls were saved by water. Peter taking, First Peter 3, all the way back to Noah. 
Jesus himself said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That which has been, has been, is to come, and that which is to come has already been. It cycles, friend. We must have and believe the true word of God to be sealed in our foreheads, the servants of God. Or we will find ourselves taking the mark of Cain, the mark of the beast, that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, Kizi stigma, and there we will taste of the wine of the wrath of Almighty God because we have taken the, the mark of the beast, the number of his name. His name, that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 3. The sealing is now. It is a spiritual mark. It's not a natural mark. You will set to this testimony that after you have received the word of God, you are sealed. There is another sealing in our foreheads. There was a sealing at birth. I write to you little children because the word of God is strong. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you have known the father. That's your first sealing. It's according to birth, Exodus 28, verse 9. But then there is a second sealing, a higher growth. I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. That's the second growth of overcomers. But the final sealing in our foreheads. That is the final sealing in Revelation 7. Sealing the servants of our God in their foreheads, not in their hands, because they are working the works of God, the work of the ministry, growing up into him in all things, being led and guided into all truth. These are the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel in the white, red, black, pale horse, Come and see. They will be the ones proclaiming the word of God to the nations for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. He that overcometh to the end, the same shall be saved. We must receive that sealing, that mark. It is a spiritual mark by the word of God and the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, how will they know? Because it will be set up. The whole body of Christ will be hated of all nations. Why? Because you carry the name of Jesus in your forehead, the sealing of God in your forehead. You will be hated of all nations for his namesake. You're called by that name of who the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. And some shall be delivered up to be afflicted and shall kill you. That's under the fifth seal. Souls of them that were slain for the word of God, the testimony which they held. What's the testimony? The faith that was once delivered to the saints. That faith is the word that we've been led and guided into all truth. And for that testimony which they held, they were killed, slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. And they said, O Lord, holy and true. They're before the throne of God. How long will it be? They're at the altar of God in heaven. How long will it be before thou avenge our blood upon them that dwell upon the earth? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them. These are spirits of just men made perfect. This is not the rapture yet. This is not the dead being raised first 
and we which are alive and remain caught up together meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. How? Because it said, until your brethren that shall be killed as you were on the earth should be killed. There still remains a body of Christ in the earth that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. The sufferings in the great tribulation are not over yet in Revelation 6 in the fifth seal. Seal the servants of our God in their foreheads. Revelation 7 verse 2. Why? Because in the judgment, trumpets of God, the last trumpets, woe, 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 be into the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three trumpets yet to sound. And we find in Revelation 9, the fifth trumpet sounded. And there were locusts that came out of the burning furnace. They were not to hurt any man that had the seal of God in their foreheads. Only the man that had not the seal of God in their foreheads, they were to hurt. That means the ones that have the sealing of God in their foreheads, the church, the true body of Christ, will not be hurt of those locust plagues under the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9. We have to have the seal of the living God in our foreheads. When they write to us, I know there'll be questions. Write to me, Dennis Beard, at dennisbeard.org. Tune in to the podcast at sealinggodspeople.org. That will soon be up on your iPhones and your Android phones. And subscribe to us as we proclaim each day the sealing of God's people in their foyer. Until the next this is Brother Dennis Beard saying sealinggodspeople.org. And behold, the real Jesus.